nothing we say or do on this show is going to be financial or investment advice. Please consult a professional, um, not Evan or Joseph. We are nothing but just some goons talking about crypto and tokens and NFTs. We are not your financial advisors. We do not push your buttons. Please consult professionals. A disclaimer, right. Joseph. Great Thank job. You. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I feel great. I feel great. We, we are ready for what I think is going to be the most electric show we've ever done. Steph shows up three minutes before the live stream thinking that there'll never be any technical difficulties. And of course, the camera doesn't work on our end. Uh, but thank God David had worse technical difficulties to make us forget about <laughs> Steph's technical difficulties. So we have David here from White Whale. David, how are you, sir? Hi, Evan. Thanks. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing all right. We're going to chug through this. Hopefully we can hear you as we do it. But Joseph, you're the one that's excited. You've got all the questions lined up. So come on, let's hear from you, sir. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear about what's going on over at Whitewell. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys were kind of the titans of the industry over at the Terra blockchain, bringing in some really innovative products and actually bringing in the ability to do flash loans and make it simpler for new users to not actually have to extensively interact with blockchain. Um, so I'm really interested to see what you guys are doing from a pivoting approach, uh, just going into this new direction um, and just in general how the Whitewell team is doing since, uh, since everything has happened on Terra. Well, that's a lot of questions. So let's start with the, with the team. So the team is doing, everybody's doing great, I think. Um, we had, during the Terra crash, it was a tough, tough weeks, tough months. I think everybody who was in the ecosystem uh, remembers that, that period. But beyond that, so we pivoted quite quickly after the collapse to our new model. So there was no time you know, crying about money we lost, everybody lost. And we started, you know, building and shipping again. So that helped definitely. That's good. Um, now regarding what we're doing now, so that that's a, that's a tough question. Maybe shall we drop the biggest alpha right in the beginning, just to get everybody excited? Ooh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> How do you guys normally do this? Keep the alpha until the last moment? Or no, I mean, we usually kind of just leave it, up to the, we leave it up to the guests, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like what's going on in the white whale world. If you guys have got some alpha <laughs> to drop, feel free. Let's just go straight right in, in the big alpha here. So everybody knows Terra after the collapse has been, you know, hiding in the shadows a little bit. You know, Terra Classic community was taking off a little bit, but Terra 2, there wasn't, much big news but tfl and do Kwan, by the way do is fine he's he's alive he, they have been building in the shadows quite a lot and i think they're gonna come out pretty big pretty soon not financial advice here so personal disclaimer here again and their spearhead or one of the spearhead projects they're gonna release that i'm aware of is interchain alliance which is a competitor to mesh security. So the idea is that you have your tokens, like your Atoms and Junos, and you can stake it on different chains. So you could, for example, if Terra and Juno got into an alliance, you could stake Juno on the Terra chain. So that's the idea behind this. And now coming to the big alpha drop. So White Whale is building its own chain and we will be among the first to pioneer, you know, on the on the shoulders of TFL Interchain Alliance and go live with this. Interesting. So you guys are actually going to be deploying your own chain through the through the Terra Alliance. 
Um, so when it goes through launching your own chain, uh, are you guys going to be building using the Cosmos SDK? Are you guys going to be using any of the stuff that's already in the uh, in the ecosystem? Because I, I've basically the simplistic overview that I have heard is that the alliance is kind of replacing a key component to the Cosmos development process, or at least making an upgrade on the development process. Love to hear your thoughts on that. So. There are two projects that TFL is building. One is Alliance. This is this cross-staking, you know, security thing. And then there's Feather. Feather is, to put it very simple, uh, a tool to very quickly bootstrap new blockchains. And we're probably not using Feather um, simply because it's, it's still you know, experimental software, but we're going to stick to Interchain Alliance, so this cross-staking solution. And Obviously, we don't want to reinvent the wheel, so we're going to use the Cosmos SDK for sure and build a permissionless Cosmosm chain. Interesting. Evan, you got any questions? Well, can you dive a little bit deeper into um, the the cross-staking? And I know it's with the use of like liquid staking derivatives, and I don't know if on this show we've ever even really done that much of a deep dive into Alliance other than uh, I think Jared maybe teased the dashboard a little bit uh, can you talk about, like, at a high level, what, how does White Whale interact with Alliance? How does uh, liquidity sort of move around between chains? And how do you share liquidity for security purposes and, and for overall, like, a, from a user perspective? Again, so many questions. Uh, let me try to <laughs> answer them all. So Alliance. So again, I'm not a TFL member, so I didn't code the thing. I just looked at it and, you know, did my due diligence on it. The way it works is that, it's, it's a module in the Cosmos SDK, so other chains can adopt this module via a chain upgrade, for example. And it allows you to up or to make governance proposals. So think of once this module is in the blockchain, you can set up proposals and the proposal basically reads, hey, let's go into an alliance with this chain. And then you set, for example, how many voting weights should the tokens from, from coming from that chain get and how many um, rewards should they get from the inflation on the chain or the rewards and once the proposal passes other people can just send over i mean they can always send over the tokens but then once the proposal passed they can stake the tokens to the validators so let's say white whale and terra are going into an alliance so we're in, having this alliance module I'm having a Gov proposal. Everybody agrees that we should do an alliance with Terra. And once that's done, people can just send over the Luna and stake it to the validators like they would stake their whale tokens. That's the idea behind alliance. Interesting. So it's as, as if you guys are basically connecting um, the governance and also the almost economically tying the chains uh, together. Um, is that a fair way to kind of describe what you're seeing with Whitewell integrating here immediately on Alliance? Yeah, you, you said it perfectly well. And I think that's why the term Alliance is so well chosen because it is indeed, you enter an Alliance with a chain and obviously there's mutual benefit if both, if both parties activate this and go into an Alliance. So both community, communities can cross stake their assets and you know, Whitewell, it's an, we're an interchain protocol. So we're live on right now five chains, Juno, Terra, Injective, Comdex, and my favorite meme coin, Chihuahua chain. 
And so by nature of our of the of the product we're building, we're already very deeply connected in the ecosystem. Probably you know, one of the most connected projects in the whole ecosystem, simply because we're, you know, in every corner with, with our tokens, with our flash loans, with our bots. And Alliance just it's it's a perfect fit. So you, you Americans, you say um, hand in glove, and we Germans, we say um, fist in the eye, and it just matches. You say that's fist incredible. in the eye? Is that what Germans say? That's, that's what Germans say, yeah. Hand in glove, fist in eye. It seems a little or, bit more of like I, a I combative know. turn of phrase than hand in glove, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I would still think that I would hear that in Pittsburgh. If I had to, if I had to think of a city that would make that name, it would be Pittsburgh. Fist in the eye. Well, I'm going to start it. I'm going to start saying it. Um, so, David, <laughs> aside from White Whale, uh, I guess you guys are going to be like part of the the debut of Alliance. Um, we spoke with Jared last week about potentially uh, some test net. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, debauchery or degeneracy, where people can kind of test it out and and uh, you know start to yield some some test net tokens. Are you guys going to be a part of that as well? We try to. Um, obviously, our priority is to to spin up our chain first. But as soon as uh, as you know, there's a little bit of time on our schedule. We'll dive right into um, testing Alliance, so we can ship or help ship this as fast as possible. To yeah, spearhead spearhead this um, great technology TFL has been developing. How and do you see now, this? Oh, go for it. Yeah, sorry. So now, instead of when you guys say you're going to spin up your own chain, you know, a lot goes into that, right? And most of it is the the legwork of finding validators you want to have a diverse validator set um you know you don't want to have uh like with luna classic potentially we, we've got some drama where maybe one validator is a white label of you know 12 different different nodes and they've got the the keys and you don't want all the centralized mess um so using alliance you, you can essentially use a validator set that's already kind of tried and true and has a high nakamoto efficient or whatever the hell they call it um, use some of that security in a way that that you could kind of rely on them. Is that how it works? Or will you still have your own validator set that you bring into Alliance? Um, with Alliance, you still have your own validator set, similar to how you have your own validator set with mesh security. So just to talk a little bit more about this to clear the confusion, there are three or two, basically two categories of solutions for you know, shared security in the Cosmos right now. One is developed by, you know, by the Cosmos Hub, which is interchain security or replicated security. And that's basically, let's bribe the validators, the validators of the Cosmos Hub to run my chain. That's the whole idea behind this. And that's, this is exactly what you said. You don't need to, you know, select validators, make sure you've got a diverse set. That's all taken care of because you use the ones from the Cosmos Hub. Mesh security and interchain alliance are different in that respect that you still have your own sovereign chain with your own validator set. You just whitelist tokens from different chains that can be staked on your chain too, alongside your native token, while um, you know having them also be slashed if they you know if the validator misbehaves. So that's the idea behind this. Go ahead, Joseph. Okay. 
Um, I think I'm just thinking about kind of like the meta moves here. Um, I guess like I'm trying to understand what you see Whitewell kind of filling in for the Cosmos Hub narrative. What What is part of that Cosmos mission and how does it weave into the whole Atom 2.0 mess that happened? I, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily a mess. I think it's just governance at this point, if you want to call it a mess. Um, but yeah, just would love to hear how how you guys see Whitewell kind of intermingling with the rest of the Cosmos Hub and actually bringing in something that benefits the rest of the ecosystem, um, as opposed to kind of joining in on this new Terra Alliance and everyone thinking that Terra Alliance is actually causing more harm to the Cosmos Hub. Well, that's a great question, Joseph. Thanks. There are a couple of points. Let me start with let me just start with with interchain arbitrage and MEV. So. As some people know, we have open sourced our MEV bots so everybody can use them. They integrate with Skip and our Flash loans so you don't need capital and you don't need the fastest internet connection. So, and for those of you who read, and, and just on that, we're going to continue um, developing this and maintaining this so we help to democratize um, MEV extraction for the whole ecosystem. Now, for those of you who read the Atom 2.0 white paper, which I encourage everybody to do, I, I found it very um, thought-provoking. Um, Sam Hart, he's he joined Skip, and we just had last week a conversation with him and, and Barry from Skip to work on a prototype of interchain arbitrage, so interchain MEV extraction, extraction in that sense. So that's, that's another thing. The next thing, which is, is my main point here. So the Cosmos ecosystem or the vision of the Cosmos is this app chain thesis that, you know, I, th I think it was Tendermint, the, the CEO, I, I forgot his name. He said his vision is to have a million blockchains in the Cosmos ecosystem. I don't know if we, if we ever reach that number, but I'm sure the number we have right now is, will be less than by the end of the year. So the more the interchain grows, the more diverse, so the more fractured everything gets, you know, you get with every new chain, you get new money markets, new DEXs, new lending platforms, and so on. You got special, very specialized blockchains like Injective and Comdex, you have more general ones. But the point is, the, the more the ecosystem grows, the more liquidity spreads. And this, this problem this leads to market inefficiencies. So you have shallow pools with high slippage, you have price disparities, you know, just because someone trades a lot of uh, Luna on, on Terra doesn't mean the price changes on osmosis. So, and, and the more the ecosystem grows, the, the complicated it gets and the more inefficient it gets. And we think, oh, we, we saw this issue about a year ago and thought, hey, let's build a protocol around this to mitigate these issues issues. So we're building this, what we call interchain protocol that think about an aqueduct systems between cities where liquidity, so tokens can flow between the different blockchains based on where they need it most. And just to give you a very simple example of how that's going to look like for the end user, the end user will just be able to deposit liquidity in one place, like on our application from whatever chain. And this liquidity will then get distributed across the whole ecosystem wherever White Whale has its liquidity hubs. So, and, and that's a huge, I think, huge benefit in terms of um, user experience, you know, to, 
you don't have this fractionalized user experience from different blockchains, but in fact you have you know, one interface that seamlessly in integrates with, with different chains. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so, and actually, this might not be a perfect analogy, but Joseph and I were just talking about this yesterday, because uh, Joseph is a is a huge Canto. What are they? What are you Cantonese? What do they call Canto? Uh, uh, so there's like a whole bunch of things you can call us Cantos, uh, long neck Cantos, long necks. I, okay, I go I'm by long. Are you Cantonese? Joseph's Cantonese, and he started to infect me with. Well, no, no, I don't want to say that because that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we were t we were looking at Canto prices anyway, and uh, you know you, you go to like a, a CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap, and you see like the on-chain Canto Dex has a price of like thirty-six, and then you look at one of the the centralized exchanges, and the price is like fifty-two, and there's this huge discrepancy. And I think part of the reason is it's really hard to get into. The Canto decks where most of the liquidity is right. It's you got to bridge seven times. You think you lost your money. You think you got rug pulled. Only clowns like Joseph would would get and convince me to get into this ecosystem, which is actually great. I, I'm a huge Canto fan. But um, so the reason I say it's not a perfect analogy is because I am comparing a, a centralized exchange to a, a decks there. But I I feel like what you're saying, David, is you know some of these new chains spin up and maybe they don't have a ton of liquidity and there's a huge price dis discrepancy on assets um and what you can do with white whale is is spread that liquidity across so that you start to see uh or at least take advantage of some of these arbitrage opportunities like is at its core is white whale still an, an arbitrage machine where people that maybe are just regular joe schmoes with with lower amounts of capital can still come in and, and benefit from those opportunities yeah, so I would say the white whale, let's call it V2, what we're building right now is a superset of white whale V1. So the only difference is that we don't share the, the profits of our um, trading bots right now. But I mean, we, we partly share them because we use skip protocol and that shares it with the validators. But we share it in the sense that we open sourced it and everybody can use it now. And the flash loan vaults, there are still um, everybody can deposit liquidity in there and benefit from arbitrage opportunities that various bots take. So you're right. Um, but I don't, so I don't think there's, there's a scenario where we will be able to integrate with centralized exchanges. The white whale, um, you know, interchain liquidity protocol will only work on chains where we have contracts on. So there are a couple of hard requirements we currently have, which is Cosmosm and IVC. So that's why five chains at the moment. We do have ideas and plans, you know, for the long term, how we can expand this to EVM-based um, blockchains that are connected via IBC, for example, Avmos or Canto. Um, but that's, you know, long road ahead. Right. And I mean, that's why I said it's not a perfect analogy. I, I don't want to uh, try and ask you if you guys are going to be on a centralized exchange because that's in my world, not beneficial to anyone. I would rather everything be off the centralized exchanges. Um, but but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Can we talk a little bit, because you used a term here that my pea brain can't, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. You said it's, it's interchain MEV extraction. Now for us dummies out there, MEV stands for minor extracted value, but you're making this interchain MEV extraction. Can you expand on that? What, what does that mean? Sure. Imagine you have an Atom USDC pool on Luna 
and the atom trades at 10 bucks. You have the same pool on Juno and there it trades for 11 bucks. So there's a huge price discrepancy. And this is, by the way, what I was referring to earlier. The more the ecosystem grows, the more chains we have, the, the more pressing this, this issue gets. Because just because someone trades, you know, a lot of or buys a lot of Atom on Juno doesn't mean the price propagates, you know, to all the other chains. So let's stick to the example. Um, you know, Atom, 10 bucks a pop on Terra and 11 on Juno. So now some, somebody can go ahead buy a lot of cheap atom on terra move it to juno and sell it there for a premium two dollars again and at the end of the day he got you know, net profit he's back in dollars and he you know he sold he used this uh, market inefficiency to make bank that's arbitrage now normally arbitrage in in block in the scope of blockchain is done in a single transaction so that there is no risk involved this only works if when you do this on a single blockchain, because then you can just you know, submit a transaction, sell or buy here, sell there, and you know, be done. It gets mo way more tricky if you do this you know, across blockchains, because you can't just send a transaction, because there are two blockchains. So you need to buy on one and sell on the other and then move assets around. So that's where it gets really complicated, but that's also where a lot of value lies right now. So I encourage everybody to right now check out our application. We have you know a lot of different pools, for example, Atom, USDC or USDT. And I promise you, if you go to Injective, Terra and Juno, you will find slight price drift differences. And whoever wants to take them can just, you know, buy cheap, you know, buy low, sell high right now. And to answer your question even, the point is that interchain arbitrage, so this, you know, buying on one chain and selling on the other chain, that's riskful because by the time you do this, someone else could be faster and then you're left back holding. So this sucks. You don't want this, which is why skip comes into play. And we're you know, conceptualizing ideas how we can do this in a way that you're not stuck with your backs. So reduce the risk and thus make the ecosystem more efficient. Interesting. Can you, can you, it's, you said you're conceptualizing it. I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, can you expand on how, where does skip come into play? Are they like working with a validator that's maybe running on both chains and then that validator somehow compiles a transaction from both chains into the same block? I mean, I'm just, I'm just a bagel shop owner. I'm an idiot. I don't know, but that's the way it sounds like it might work to me. Am I am I going going down the right path there? Yeah, you're going direct, so in the correct path. Yeah, you do. The so we had two ideas. The first idea is that, or or just to to talk a little bit about Skip here. So Skip basically allows you to bid on places in the block. So if you submit a transaction, you can you know tell Skip, hey. I want to be the first in the block, you know, first transaction in the block. Here is, you know, 10 bucks for it, you know, a bribe. And then the validator takes the money, puts you first and distributes the money to its stakers. That's the idea behind Skip. And even you're right, when you have Skip validators on two chains, you, you can try to coordinate this. For example, um, 
I, as someone who wants to, you know, take this interchain arbitrage, you know, buy on one set chain and sell on the other, I can try or you know, skip can try to offer me something like your transa transactions on both chains get the first spot. So the, the topic is a little bit complicated. That's why I'm struggling to explain it in, in as simple as I can here. But the idea is to reduce risk as much as possible. So Skip can try to guarantee, hey, you buy and sell immediately at the same time on both chains or you don't. So either right. it works or it doesn't. That's the idea behind this. And so Skip basically serves as an intermediary that's like executing that transaction for, on behalf of users. Exactly. So I think half a year ago, Magnus, the, the founder of, of Skip, and he introduced himself to, to White Whale and he, he, he said something that's still on my mind to this day. He said, in context of you know, interchain MEV and MEV in general, that Skip is building the execution layer solution that allows you to efficiently um, extract MEV in a fair manner that also benefits the ecosystem, for example, by sharing revenues with the stakers. And White Whale is building the liquidity solution with our protocol so that liquidity flows where it's needed. And I think together it's quite a strong combination. What do you think, Joseph? The future know, of Interchain. I think, I think it's definitely going to be uh, useful. I mean, I definitely see there being, as the Cosmos Hub does expand, it's going to be very useful for those that are trying to make that passive income on assets that they're already actively holding. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how many assets you guys can integrate. It's going to be a mad dash for integrating assets, I see. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm on the I'm on the Canto EVM side of the world, so I'm really excited to see when you guys integrate EVM um, Cosmos SDK chains. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've been really interested in the whole arbitrage expansion because uh, there's just there that the in in the innate nature of the interchain world that the Cosmos stuff is creating has basically created an environment where there's so many types of arbitrage opportunities, um, and so I see that. White Whale is kind of the, the number one protocol that's targeting that opportunity, that market share. Um, so really bullish just to see you guys tackling this. Uh, Steph, if you could share my screen here. So uh, you mentioned earlier, David, about these pools and just taking a quick look here, we've got uh, Juno Adam, Adam uh, USDC and Juno USDC. Now these pools are on Juno specifically, or where, where do these pools live that you mentioned? Correct. Correct. Those are on Juno. And you see, let's just memorize that. So Atom is trading at 13.09. And this, we, we call this liquidity hub. So our protocol consists of two components. One is this liquidity hub, and that's deployed on a lot of different chains. And it, it includes a DEX, it includes flash loans and it will include another or a couple of more interesting features in the future. And this is or this is going to be a standalone application with with fee sharing, with staking, with governance. And that's basically everywhere, you know, on, on five chains right now. And if you go to the, the top right of, of the um, of the image or the, the page, there's a drop down menu. And you can select different chains there. Ah. Uh. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Wow. So you can basically through White Whale 
if you see a, a price discrepancy, come in here, add liquidity to one pool, remove it from another and benefit from that price discrepancy? Well, not yet. So the, the way you would you know, benefit from the price discrepancy right now is you would send funds to one chain, buy low and sell it high on the other. That's how you would do it right now in the current state of the, the ecosystem. But in the future, as you guys maybe integrate with Skip, we're going to see the ability for, for someone to come in and, and essentially execute a buy on one chain where the assets lower and a sell on another chain and execute it all in one transaction. Yeah, that's something um, we're conceptualizing ideas for right now. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds pretty damn cool. Yeah, it, 100%. It's already going to be useful. Uh, I know a lot of people in the Cosmos Hub who are holding so many of the assets you guys are already actively supporting, like Juno. Um, uh, I believe you guys are on Osmosis. I'm not sure, though. No, no. no you guys aren't on Osmosis. Well, I, no, we're not. that's interesting. Uh, are you OK? So now I have a question about competition on the horizon. Um, I know that Osmosis is kind of trying to become that interchain liquidity hub. Do you see it being um, any sort of competition with that uh, with that mission in mind, or do you see it being kind of synergistic with the strategy, or am I just completely out of bounds? I think the relationship between Osmosis and White Whale could be best described as antagonistic. So we're the complete opposite of, <laughs> of what we're trying to do. So you're right, Osmosis is, um, is building this DeFi and liquidity hub with the idea that liquidity should be on osmosis and everything you know should should revolve around osmosis and they have these outposts where people from other chains can trade to osmosis and back but the liquidity is still on osmosis white whale with white whale we have the complete opposite idea namely that every ecosystem should have its own set of liquidity and we and with everybody having its own liquidity you get market inefficiencies as i said earlier and we try to solve these issues for everybody. So I, I don't see the, I don't see it happening that you know, Injective, Say, um, Kujira, they all say, all right, bye bye liquidity, um, let's go all to Osmosis. I think everybody will try to capture its own, you know, its own liquidity, its own tokens, and that's what we are betting on, and that's where we are trying to help people to or to help ecosystems to make it more efficient. Steph, we got some comments. Maybe you can uh, pull up anything that you think is relevant. <laughs> Question here from Oskrig Lanze. Hopefully I said the name right. Any plans for airdrops for Adam Juno Luna holders stakers? Yes. Any airdrop news in general, I think, would be a better way to ask it. Yes. Airdrop news. There will be an airdrop. So first of all, for those of you who held whale you know, classic whale on Terra Classic, you will get your tokens back one to one. So nobody will, will be left out. And then there will be a second airdrop for our you know, new communities. And everybody who... No, so on every chain we have our protocol on, which is Terra, Juno, Injective, Comdex, and Chihuahua. All these communities will receive an airdrop. Bonus points if you delegate to our validator because we use that to finance ourselves in a decentralized manner. What's next, Steph? <laughs> Abdepto <laughs> TV, who's who's an avid fan of the show, says when UST 2.0 arbitrage on White Whale. Well, 
I'm just waiting for UST to come back. So I'm ready. Our bot is ready. Bring it. How would you feel? How would you feel uh, if, if UST 2.0 got announced like at a month from now? Or, yeah. <laughs> it depends. So specify the question. Do they announce it with the exact same functionality or do they change something? I guess if they change the model, like they, I guess that's, yeah. Assuming that they've changed the model and some people think that it's more robust and they're claiming that it's more robust. How are you guys going to feel? Are you guys going to um, start going back towards that model at, at, any, at any point in time? I'm going to be frank. You know, I would have, I would use UST again in both cases. I just think UST is great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A tr truly dedicated. He would use it in both cases. I like that. <laughs> Wait, wait um, until I tell you about the new UST. It's called uh, Note. It's on the, the Canto EVM uh, environment. You can use Note. It's a stable unit of account. It's technically not a stable coin, but it is completely decentralized. Um, I think people in the EVM world, uh, just in general ETH world, don't really understand what UST was trying to accomplish outside of just being a stable coin. Um, uh, so I think that EVM people are going to be really surprised at how strong that decentralized stablecoin narrative was and how important it was to a lot of like Bitcoin people. Uh, I know, Evan, you're a Bitcoin maxi, or at least you were at one point in time. Uh, I know you respect the orange coin. And I think a lot of people um, agreed with the mission of, of like that decentralized stablecoin. And um, yeah, just long term, I see that a lot of EVM people and ETH people who were afraid of that narrative or just didn't think it was worthy are going to warm up to the concept and be thinking, oh, if I actually want to build a decentralized economy, we do need an actual decentralized stable unit of account. So I see you're totally. choosing your words carefully. A decentralized stable unit of account is the new, the newest <laughs> Ponzi. The newest Ponzi. <laughs> no, kidding, kidding, kidding. Well, David, I learned a lot actually from this. Um, exciting to see. And, you know, it's so funny because just yesterday, I mean, uh, Joseph and I literally in, in one of our chats, I was like, look at the price discrepancies between these two. And he, you know, he's like, why do you think it is? And I was like, well, guaranteed it's because Canto is so hard to bridge in and out of. And, you know, and then to move it to a centralized exchange is, is another whole nother step of waiting for, you know, them to process the transaction on their end. So, you know, you could try and arbit, but at the end of the day, if the, if the order book dries up and, uh, you know, all the, all the, asks or with the bids or whatever side you're on you know if, if that dries up or there's not enough there you could be left bag holding like you said david so um it'll be interesting to see this play out and become more robust across all the cosmos chains uh i've learned a lot if there's anything david that you haven't uh spoken about or you want to tell the people about please speak now check out our application try it out play with it now's the time to play with it with the upcoming airdrop and that's it. All right, excellent. Where can they go to check out the application, by the way? Whitewhale.money. Excellent. David, thank you so much for coming on. Joseph and I are going to continue the show here live. But we appreciate you joining us and uh, glad we could iron out all the technical difficulties. <laughs> Even Joseph, uh, was was a great pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much. Great time, David. Thank you for joining us. Have a good all right, Joseph, take us into the next section of the show. What are we talking about? All right. Um, you said that there was some Luna Classic stuff going on, but we could cover the flip side inside of the week. It's a quick one, um, but I won't be able to share my screen because I'm not on my main PC. Do you have your screen share available by any chance? 
to do the flip side inside of the week? What are you going to like tell I'm me? The send URL you the link. I'm going to send you the link and you're going to scroll through it and you're going to, you're going to like it. That's just okay, how it's going it to me. Send right. it to me. I'm sending it right now. Um, but yeah, everything's going on inside of the cosmos world. I've been just diving deeper into everything's going on eventually. And finally I got Evan to, um, ape into Canto, obviously not financial advice. Um, no one, no one do any decisions based off of what we talk about on the show, but I've been looking deeply into Canto. I know that you're an aficionado of the eco now. How do you feel after setting up an OB validator over there? Uh, I feel great. We, I think we, pro I think we got like a 19 cent, um, 19 cents, like 19 hundredths of a US dollar was our first, uh, yield from running a canto validator so if you're looking for a validator that's that's like an underdog feel free to validate to us is this cosmos and delegation is that what we're looking at here yes uh we're looking at that cosmos delegation i've got a couple of charts that i want to pull up this is just kind of deep diving into um what's happening uh in terms of governance um because that's all that happens in the in the bear market i'm afraid it's just governance uh and stuff launching and stuff happening and uh, and, and then the cosmos is no different about how intense that governance has gotten. Um, and so this this I think it was about a month ago, we ran a bounty over at Flipside um, and we did basically an in-depth analysis. So shout out to Alien, one of our top analysts, got a really great score on this dashboard. Um, this top portion is going to just kind of dive into what general is cosmos delegation and how delegation works. Um, but if you scroll down, there's a really interesting chart, which I think you're going to be happy about since you're a uh, OB validator. Uh, just keep heading on down. I'll tell you when to stop. Um, which one? All right. Keep going. Keep going. It's one that's going to at Coinbase and all the other validators. Binance staking. There we go. Um, top cent destinations to redelegate. All right. Move on down one more, I think. Uh, right here. All right, here we go. Now we're going to be able to see where people are actually leaving from. So if you look at that bottom right and that, uh, yeah, in that bottom right chart, that circular chart, we can actually track and see what we did some investigations. We wanted to see what people were doing when they wanted to redelegate. Um, and how often people were redelegating from certain validators on the Cosmos ecosystem, basically people who were rage redelegating, depending if they were rage delegating from a certain rage redelegating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rage redelegating. Um, and what, like, so basically, we did this comprehensive analysis that dives into the redelegation process. Are people redelegating because they're pissed off at a certain <laughs> like proposal, or are they redelegating because of like political alignment or whatever reason? Um, for, for whatever reason, the top three uh, validators. That, was, that were just absolutely hemorrhaging and had the most types of redelegates are going to be coming from centralized exchange validators. Binance staking, Coinbase custody, and Kraken. Um, and so, then you see the fourth one is literally called inactive validator, do not delegate. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically kind of showing um, that people who come to the cosmos, um, I think it's like a, an important thing to know is that people that come to the cosmos are typically people who are really in depth with blockchain and probably more involved and more aware of like who's building inside of ecosystems. Um, so I think that what we're seeing here 
Uh, and this is just pure speculation on my side. I'm not actually the data analyst who did this analysis. But from my perspective, this is telling me that people are more likely uh, to come into the cosmos. And once they get educated about DeFi and they're a little bit more DeFi native, they are more likely than not to redelegate away from these exchanges and go for the smaller, small fries that are actually making impacts in their ecosystem. Now, now I do notice that Donku Zone has been redelegated away from, I mean, he's second to last on the list, but he still made the cut as one of the most un, undelegated <laughs> uh, people out there. And I don't see terabytes or Obi on here. So uh, big shout out to uh, Donku <laughs> and how we continue to dominate him in all aspects. Yeah, RIP Donku, just really down bad. He's just so, so, so down there. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just something that's, that I thought was really interesting. Um, so this is across all, all of Cosmos or this is just one chain specifically? This is specifically for the Cosmos hub. This is specifically for Cosmos uh, hub. Gotcha. So we, we actually hub. technically wouldn't be on there because we've never been in the active set. Oh, I didn't know. Cosmos okay. Hub. I know you guys are in Osmosis. <laughs> I think we may have ran this analysis on Osmosis validators. I'd like to actually dive into that. So... At some point, we can bring that one. Uh, see, I'll look in to see if we actually did that analysis. But um, just really interesting to see where people are leaving from. People don't like those centralized exchanges. Um, they're just not. So let's take a look here because this is actually might be a pretty good. Um, uh, oh, my God. This might yeah. be a decent uh, segue into the Luna Classic drama, which I wanted to bring up briefly Ooh, here before okay. we depart. Uh, let's see, top 10 source validators of each week with most redelegates from them over time. So this is where most people are undelegating from. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that'd be correct. Okay, and we see Gata Dow. Is this listed like most yeah, to least? You can, or is this just... you, uh, I believe that is listed from uh, from greatest to least, yeah. I believe. It, it, it would make sense if it was, but I do not know exactly. Okay, uh -huh. I'm going to turn every one of these off except for notional and what did that do for me that did nothing <laughs> and that did absolutely nothing <laughs> no idea what's happening on that front that's some ui glitching yeah you know what it's probably showing more data than what i have an option to uh yeah to actually customize from here to remove uh, but uh the reason i wanted to talk about notional uh and for anybody that wants to check out this dashboard uh head on over to app.flipsidecrypto.com slash forward okay. slash dashboard forward slash cosmos dash delegation dash w-e-8-r-f-r -R for those people just listening um you should scroll okay i will scroll anyway uh yeah this looks pretty cool excited to see kind of you know from this if you can kind of derive like large events i would imagine uh, you know, if, if Coinbase comes out with some uh, BS, you know, centralized attack on Cosmos or whatever, you would see a lot of people sort of uh, delegate away from them, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to talk about the uh, leader of Notion, which is uh, this guy here, Jacob uh, Gadikian. Have you heard of Jacob Gadikian? Yeah, I've seen him around. He's been he's been involved in a lot of controversy as far as I'm. He known. is definitely a controversial guy. Uh, at first, I wasn't a huge fan of him because he like freaked out. Uh, my first ever encounter with him was him like basically saying that uh, Luna validators were like doing something wrong because we weren't going to uh, 
like the proposal for Luna version two wasn't going to airdrop to UST holders on osmosis. And meanwhile, we didn't even have a chance to like redo the, the proposal or change it or say anything. It was like a first draft. And he came out and was like, now I'm Jacob Gadekian. And he kind of sounds like that. And he's like, and if you guys, you, I know I've got a lot of power in cosmos and I'm going to use it against you. And so my first, uh, experience with him was was not pleasant i was like this guy is a clown i think i remember that you message in the uh, you message in the group chat you're like who the fuck is this jacob guy <laughs> yeah so i didn't like him at first but but actually there's a method to his madness and he he is very controversial when he kind of comes out and like just says what's on his mind but he actually brings up some really good points and he's brought up some good points about like some open source stuff in juno some issues with um with kujira um, and, and again, like I, I try and be respectful to all the builders and, you know, I know that they go through a lot and I've been there before, but Jacob stirs the pot in the name of security. And he also one time got arrested for like stealing a truck in Cambodia and he got beat up by the cops <laughs> or by like a, like an angry mob, <laughs> which I'm sorry, is kind of badass. Like the, I wish I had that story to tell. So <laughs> people try to post it and like shame him. And I'm like, dude, like people wish that their life their life was like that fucking cool you know you got you stole a truck in a drug fueled rage that's sick so anyway um i just want to talk about what's going on with luna classic because maybe we do have some luna classic viewers that respect our opinion and don't just comment and talk shit on us but um you know luna classics they've kind of got this like crisis going on that jacob pointed out where um Apparently, this this validator, this white label validator service called All Nodes, is um, you know it's a service for for non technical people to come in and basically, if you're an influencer and you want to you know attract these votes, they're the ones that deal with the the validation, spinning up the machines, you know. But with All Nodes, apparently they have the private keys and they have it to like a large percent of the network, and you know I've seen some figures like forty percent. Um, enough to to essentially, you know, pass pass any threshold um, for voting for governance or or you know who knows rug the community. There, there's just a bunch of issues with that when you have someone that holds the keys to that much voting power uh, and that much you know basically governance command over the network. And so mm -hmm. Jacob, you know, he points this out. He does it in in Jacob Gadikian fashion where he comes out with an article and he's like, you should. You should not delegate to these guys because they're bad. But look, and then you can validate to Notional. So it wasn't the best look because it does kind of look like he's just trying to like shit on one of his competitors. But he has a great point. And I wanted to just show this one tweet, uh, if you can bring this up, because, you know, he's kind of he's beat the thing to death. And I think he's not I don't I would be shocked if he continues like working with Luna Classic. But this is the person that's that's like arguing against him. And this is just, I just want to get your feelings on this, Joseph, because like, I don't know, it, it took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around like what crypto is all about and what Bitcoin's all about. And, and for the longest time, like, you know, I come, I come from a background of like, I mean, you know, this is like six years ago, but I worked for like the, like trad banking side mm -hmm. of things um, on the tech side. But like this, this guy rips, this is, this is his point. And I don't mean to like just shit on like some random account, but this is what people in the Luna Classic community are thinking. He says, does your fiat bank know your account number? Yes. Do they know your card number? Yes. Do they know Xperi and CCB? Yes. 
Will they steal your money? No. Will all nodes steal your money and votes? No. And like, this is just the, what do you think of this tweet, Joseph? Uh, I, I mean, I find it interesting. I mean, like, uh, I think it's pretty common and uh, like it has happened in the past in history where banks like do control your access to, to your money. Uh, it has happened. If you, if you want to have complete sovereignty of your assets, then blockchain is the way to go. Um, I just find it really interesting to think that all nodes um, can't steal your money and your votes. I mean, like, uh, like, I guess I'm really generally confused as to what the point of this was. Um, is he advocating for the use of blockchain or just kind of advocating for the use of that? It's kind of pointless because to me, well, it just it looks seems like he's advocating for the use of banks, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just seems, I mean, like, I would agree with him. I think the vast majority of people should be using banks. <laughs> like, I genuinely do feel that way. I feel like the vast majority of the people should use banks. Um, but also, that's probably because coming from my opinion, I live in the U.S. I have access to good banking infrastructure into a like a monetary currency system that isn't hyperinflating. Um, so that's part of like my own like geographical bias where I just would recommend vast majority of people to just live their lives through banking. Uh, I don't think heard of, uh, have you ever heard of the Greek banking crisis and the bail in? Um, I knew that they had a banking crisis, but I did not know the details about it. It's an interesting, like we're getting like more into like the philosophy, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, I, I don't know how to articulate the point here, but there, I just, when I deal with the Luna classic community, it just seems like they don't get it like it's just and i don't mean to sound like a dickhead because i was there once too and it's like very hard to wrap your head around and sometimes like you could be very off-putting by kind of just like being an asshole like Kadikian is sometimes but i I mean i agree with him which is like what are you talking about does your fiat bank account know your account number yes do they know your card number yes this build a bank build another bank if that's what you want like, what yeah. are you talking about? This isn't banking. This is supposed to be trustless and permissionless. And yeah, the bank does, the bank's not going to rug you. Oh, until there's a crisis and then they do a bail-in or they do some bullshit with your money where you have no option. So the bail-in, and the reason I bring it up just to tie up a loose end mm-hmm. on my talking point there, and I don't know the exact figures, but it was like Greece, the Greek government had so much debt that they said, all right, we're going to do a bail-in where we go to the banks and we say, Every dollar you have over 20,000, over 50,000, whatever, that's just now ours. And we're going to use that to pay off the debt. That actually they did happened. that to people. They did that, they to, did people. that to people. That is insane. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, like, so, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me after the 08 housing crisis, the major bailout that happened on the bankings that were over leveraged and were obviously taking advantage of the CDAs on the housing crash. Like, I mean, it, it just doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's why I'm blockchain pilled and that's why I believe in the ethos of Bitcoin. Um, you could take this off the screen stuff. I mean, this is just the thing that like. So you think that Luna- to, listen to the Luna classic community and I, I like I try my I try my best to like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying not to sound like a, like an elitist dickhead or like sound like yeah. a dick in here, but you try your best to like invite people who are, are normies in and like try to explain to them. And I always try and start with like step one, which is like respect the orange coin, understand where it came from, understand why it was built the way it was, understand why Satoshi is, is, is anonymous, understand why, you know, anybody can spin up a, a, um, a mining rig and mine Bitcoin and anyone can spin up a node and, you know, not anyone, but like to the extent that, you know, anybody anonymously can process transactions. Uh, and it just, 
you try and start there, but you have so many people that just enter from like, oh, well, Dogecoin like did a 500x. And so like, let's go there. And, and like, now you have people that are getting into the validating game because, you know, all nodes makes it easier and that's a good thing, but you can't have everybody's keys at the same time. I mean, it's just like, it, it's crazy to me. And now people who I think like at the very core, they, they don't understand the very core of this entire industry. They're like, well, it's just easier. So like, let's just do it that way. And that's at that point, just, just have a bank. Don't argue for a bank and compare it to all nodes in an argument about security and cryptocurrency. And he says, utterly perfect illustration of the issue. Issue, Trust me, bro. Like that's, it, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be an asshole to these people, but like some of these influencers on Luna Classic, they sit there and they talk about like, like, oh, be, just be a good person and like, don't be a dick. And, and it's just like, dude, mm -hmm. And go go bank with the fucking local bank or the local credit union. They're not assholes. Like, what are you doing? You, you you're just causing like a huge security issue. And I don't know. The, the drama is ongoing. I think they they were just in a spaces uh, before we went live. So maybe I'll go back and listen to it. But so they were advocating the so, so they were advocating essentially for spinning up validators, and they were upset that validators don't have the ability to see everyone's like keys and stuff like that. That was, is that the misunderstanding? Is that the, the problem? The issue is there are validators on Luna classic that are using all nodes as a white label service uh -huh. and all nodes has access to their private keys. Like they basically spun up the validator and then emailed the private key or however they shared it with those mm -hmm. people so that they could then vote on issues or, or, you know, withdraw their, um, their commissions or whatever. Yeah. But then and now you have all nodes that controls a massive portion of the network and has everybody's keys. So if they, let's just say, and I'm not saying all nodes is going to do this, but you never yes. know. You never know if somebody within all nodes that's a contractor for all nodes has access to those keys and then gets fired by the director of all nodes and then says, well, fuck these guys. I'm going to push a, a, a proposal forward that says we need to pay for, you know, uh, the Muppets to to come in and send all the money to this address. It's owned by George Henson and the Muppets. And really it's just this pissed off yeah. contractor that left all nodes. There's just so many things that can happen. It doesn't even have to be malicious. It yeah. could be, it could be uh, what's the the opposite of malicious, but still the same. Maybe not the opposite, but it, it like, could be um, what's the word? Not nefarious or like, are you trying to say that they're trying to be mean or no? Like when you make a mistake, it could be incidental. Incidentally, um... whatever. It, that's what I mean. But so anyway, all these these um, influencers who have spun up validators on all with using all nodes. Yeah, they're it's an existential threat to them because now they need to basically shut down that, that validator spin up a new one with a, with, with a service that doesn't have their keys, which some of them don't have the technical ability to do. And mm -hmm. they need to, to like re attract all those votes. Right. And some of those votes are just, you know, it's, it's hard to attract votes as a validator. Yeah. Um, and so benign, benign. Tom, benign. Uh, no, it's what, what is it called in, in legal legalese when like, Someone <laughs> makes a mistake and like someone gets hurt because of it. What is that called? Uh, didn't you go to college? What the dude, hell? I, I was an engineer. I don't. I barely know how to read. Like, are you kidding me? All I know, all I see are numbers. Um, I, I guess, I guess it would just be incidental. <laughs> no, not incidental. Whatever. Like, anyway, I, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. But it, it's just been interesting drama to follow. Um, I think, I think the I think, classic community is is going through an existential crisis here. 
Uh, no, I agree with you. I think I think that that is it is the reason why people are still here in the bear market. It's like everyone's at a different level of understanding what's going on in blockchain. Um, there are different people that see the use cases of blockchain differently. Um, I mean, I've met people who are very well educated and very, very uh, blockchain pilled. They believe in the mission of Ethereum, um, but they're they're like very staunchly believe that Bitcoin is a, a greater fool theory asset. Um, like I've genuinely have met people who are ETH, Ethereum maxis, and they fully believe in the ability for Ethereum to go to the moon. And they see that being the future financial settlement layer, but they think that Bitcoin is legitimately a, like a like a full theory asset, that it has no true use case in the world. Um, so I have I have I have encountered a lot of backwards people, <laughs> or I guess a lot of interesting people in blockchain that they identify the the use cases for the tech in a different way, I guess. And I'm assuming negligence that is the word that I was thinking of that negligence. I had to Google. So, okay. um, yeah, I just think okay, there's a lot of use cases for blockchain, sure, but like if yeah. you want just a centralized blockchain, then just use a bank. It's the same. It's the same thing we talk about with like when we talk about Obi. Um, and, and like, people are like, well, we want a centralized solution. It's like, well, then just use a bank. I don't understand. Like, I don't, I'm not like saying banks are, I mean, I think banks are evil and I think the current fiat system is ridiculous, but yeah, I, there's a use case for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I mean you see what happens with, with Luna, uh, in the crash, at least if those were banks, we would have had FDIC insurance up yeah, to, we you know, a certain amount, but yeah. So there's a use case for it. It's just, it, it's just like some of these people come in and, and they're they're so like price driven or so like they just have no idea what they have no foundation of why any of this stuff exists. And they the think like Bitcoin. You know, they look at a they look at coin market cap and they're like, well, Bitcoin's twenty three thousand dollars. Like I'll never afford one of those. And they don't understand like no like that's actually the to this day pretty much the only sovereign like digital asset that's that's come out that like can't basically be shut down by you know identifying the the major parties that run it and control it so i i see it as i mean like i don't know this could be just because i'm seeing it through uh my lens of like the tech that i grew up in i just see it as a learning curve of people to understand a new technology did this happen back in like when Apple released the, the like the App Store, did this happen when uh, the internet was starting to get adopted back in the day? Like, it, like did people just genuinely not see the point of the internet being useful? I, I mean, I read back and I see people who just did not see the use cases of internet and a lot of people just didn't understand it at the time. Um, yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of the layer that's happening with blockchain. It's just that blockchain is just another evolution on top of computers other than just like being a network of distributed computers. It's actually providing a monetary ledger or a ledger that can be used for monetary purposes. Um, I just think that it's the, the complexity of the tech is just causing um, people to, I guess, interpret and not sh like struggle to see what is actually happening on at the network level. But that's just yeah. I'm. I, it's just. It's just. I can see why the people who are validators, white labeled through all nodes, are arguing against Jacob in the way they are. I see their point of view. I just don't agree with their point of view. Yeah. And like their argument is, well, you're you're like screwing over validators who are you know they're hard workers and you know and it's like well yeah. that doesn't mean shit like. What is that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it sucks, but like yeah. at least try and 
like come to a resolution. I, I just did see a couple validators switched over, but um, I don't know. It's it's just like at, at the end of the day, if something negligent or malicious happens with Allnode, with them mismanaging their keys or so, like somewhere out there, there's probably literally a spreadsheet with a, a bunch of keys on it to like a major voting portion of Luna Classic. Yeah, and they can like take probably the that might exist somewhere. I don't know. I'm not saying that for sure, but that yeah. might exist somewhere, and that's a pretty huge issue. Like They're I said, well you can come forward and be like, "Well, we need to vote like on this proposal to give you know half the supply of Lunk needs to be burnt and sent to my <laughs> wallet," and like everybody votes yes, and then nobody yeah. can. Then these validators, you know, and then you're like, "Mr. Diamond Hands," like again, the the meme name, like Diamond Hands, is a new thing that came up with. GME and stocks and meme culture and Wall Street bets yeah. and Doge. That's a new name that wasn't here necessarily for like why this shit even exists. And and so, you know, why when, when you get asked, why did you vote on this proposal? Well, it's like, well, I didn't have my keys. I mean, the guy publicly was tweeting at all nodes asking for the keys and yeah. public tweets. Yeah. Like, is they that, just don't understand. Is that fucking crazy or what? Why would you not at least private DM them? Why would you make that public? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I just think, I, I go back to it, is that people just don't understand what the fuck's going on. It's, it's just, just the use reality. a bank. Yeah, just use just a bank. Just put your money on FTX. Yeah, just put your money on FTX or Celsius. Put if put your money on FTX and use one of their. Uh, I'm sure they had some like bullshit grid bot thing that you could use and just trust. Probably. You know, just trust me, bro. Like Jacob says, trust, trust Sam, trust uh, whoever. I don't know. I just think yeah, this trust Gary. It's a, it's a fun industry. At the very least, there's never a lack of of drama with people <laughs> like Gadikian, <laughs> with people like Jacob Gadikian, and he comes onto his face and he's. I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I like him I, though. I like him. I like the guy. He's got, I mean, he's got a point. The trust me, the trust me bro stage is just never going to end. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. So I can yeah. respect that. Ape Depto TV says Luna classic people moving to Luna once it goes 10 plus. I mean, we'll see. That's, yeah. that's a little late. If it's going to go 10 plus, why don't they just do it now when it's $2 or whatever? That'll be interesting for sure. All right. What else? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good for I'm good on this week. Um, next week I have uh, I haven't confirmed yet, uh, but I'm working on getting Mars Protocol uh, onto oh. the uh, onto the live. I thought stream. we had Canto guys coming on next week. No, we have Mars coming on next week because they are launching. Their chain is coming live this like this like February first, I believe, or February second. Their chain is going live, or, or, or I think it's January thirty first, maybe. I don't know. It's just happening early next week, and they're gonna go live with their own native chain. Uh, and we're going to have Larry and potentially someone else from the Mars Protocol team joining us. I have to get Donku. Donku, if you're watching, please spin up the group chat. Larry said that you were going to spin it up. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've got going on next week. All right. Well, you're the producer of the show, so get to it. If the show sucks, it's your fault. If the show's great, well, that's, of course, always my fault. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. We will be live again next week, Thursday, hopefully at 12. If Steph could show up on time and get the show running and uh, deal with all these technical difficulties. Let's try and show up, Steph. I don't know. Let's like maybe 10 minutes before the show starts next time. What do you think? Is that easy enough? 10 minutes? 
Is that enough time to troubleshoot all the technical difficulties? Because it took 30 minutes today to troubleshoot all the technical difficulties. <laughs> Maybe we should show up 30 minutes before the show starts. Does that sound like a good rule of thumb? No. Is it too early for you? I'm sorry. It's 12 o'clock Eastern. Is that too early for you? You're going to keep roasting him live? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll Thank see you again you next everyone. week.